Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of Get More Success. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. And now today I have a fantastic guest. She is a marketing guru. She has a specialty in small business and small and medium enterprise. She works a lot regionally. She is a master musician. She's an author and she has some amazing things to share with us today. Would you please welcome Ailsa Page, CSP from AP Marketing Works. Welcome. Thanks, Warwick. It's great to be here. So I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the show. How do you define success? Well, I wish I had my own version of what I think success is, but I have to say I borrow this definition all the time from someone I don't really follow that much, but boy, has he nailed it with this definition. And the definition is from Tony Robbins and it is success is doing what you want, when you want, with who you want. And I love that because that is absolutely what I strive towards. Because there's, there's quite a bit of that in your life because you're a successful business person, but you're also a successful muso and you've done a whole lot of gigs. You've recently done some performances. You're studying that as well as you're working uh, rurally and enjoying sort of traveling out to the country. So what are some of the things that you do that are a part of that definition of doing what I want, where I want and with whom I want? Well, one of the things I absolutely love to do and always have is travel. And so for me, one of the the ways that I've structured my business is so that I do get to travel. Now, yes, I'm one of these people who's very happy to go beyond one and a half hours from a major city. And so part of what I get to do is I get to go, I choose regional customers so that I do you get to go and have fascinating experiences and travel experiences while I'm working. So I actually, that fulfills one part of my life and I'm getting paid at the same time. So win-win. <laughs> <laughs> so how much is, because you and I um, uh, have hung out musically as well. So how much of a role does music play in your life? Oh, right at the moment, it feels like it's taking over my life um, because I'm actually, uh, I'm sitting an exam and it's the first piano exam I've sat for 30 years. <laughs> So that, so that's that, a fair break between exams. It is a fair break between exams, absolutely. And you know, and all that adults talk that has been happening for the last thirty years, I have to try and undo. But um, yeah, so right now, music is playing a huge part in my life. But but apart from this crazy three week lead up to the exam, I uh, music is playing a more and more of an important part in my life because it's one of those things that I just realized was a huge love in my life. Mm. And I let that love go. And when I was sort of rekindled with the love, I am now, you know, I hold on to it with, with both hands and it becomes now it actually, I make it work with work as well. It's a fantastic way to just switch off, go and do something different, come back, work a bit more. So I actually use it now as part of my productivity strategy. Okay. So, so tell me more about that. How do, you, how do you use music as your productivity strategy? Well, because it requires totally different skills, I guess, you know, what I do a lot of is I do a lot of thinking and I do a lot of writing, obviously, and uh, doing a lot of computer work. And for me to then go and focus on something 
that's quite physical in terms of piano, it actually takes my mind away from the sort of work I've been doing. I might just go and even do 15 minutes or even half an hour, but it just free, it clears my head. Then I come back and I'm usually a lot fresher. And the wonderful thing about music is that it actually helps you think better. So the more complex the pieces that you're playing, and particularly when you do the, the hand crossing over <laughs> stuff, it actually makes you think faster. So I'm finding that, you know, I am problem solving at a much greater rate than I was before I was at this level of, of uh, piano. Great. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about your problem solving because your AP marketing works, you do uh, a whole lot of marketing uh, for is it small and medium enterprise, yeah? So t tell, yeah. Me, tell me a bit about some of the stuff that you do for your clients. Okay. Well, probably the number one problem that I solve for my clients is what marketing should I do right now? Everyone, every business, and this doesn't matter whether they're small, medium, and even some larger businesses, the big question that, that, that it, they are constantly dealing with is, you know, I know I should do marketing, but what marketing should I do right now? And there are so many options and there's so much information and everyone gets a bit bamboozled and they get sort of, oh, maybe I should be doing this. And they'll try things in a really sort of random way. And I help them determine, okay, given your business goals, given your resources, given your internal skills, given your likes, given your personality, given your customers, given all these other things, this is the marketing that you should be doing right now. So what's the common answer to that in terms of, obviously you deal with a whole lot of different kinds of pieces, but what's, what's some of the most effective marketing that you're seeing? And I'm going to go for low cost because I suspect most small to medium businesses either have no budget or a very low budget for it um, and are probably heavily going, oh, well, social media will fix all my problems. Uh, so what's the most effective marketing that you're recommending to a lot of your clients at the moment? Okay. So there's two things there. One, you're wanting me to come up with a one-size-fits-all. And Correct. my big thing is that one-size-fits-nobody. No. <laughs> so that's one of the biggest mistakes we can all do is take someone else's marketing and go, hey, that's working for them. Let me just try that on myself. Um, so that would be the first thing. So this, the second thing I'd say is that they need to do the things that are going to save them money first. Now, number one is look after your customers. So if they're an already existing business, often businesses will constantly look and go, but I want more, I want more, I want more. And meanwhile, the customers that they've actually spent a lot of money getting in the door are walking out the door. Right. So my first thing is focus number one on your existing customers and make sure that one, they're happy two that you actually ask them to do business with you again and maybe three if you're in a service business then ask them if they've got other people that they could recommend you you know uh, recommend that you do business with so get some referrals from them okay so that, let me drill down a little bit there the second point you said is ask them to do business again how do you ask someone to do business with you again like did you just say hey i hope you liked it want, want some more uh, how, how do you how do you do that in a way that doesn't feel like you're begging for business that it's maybe not comfortable but acceptable for both parties Absolutely. I think you've got to be clear on when people are likely to do business again. So in other words, you know, if um, I don't know about you, but I, I love that uh, give a crap toilet paper. I hope it's okay. I just did a product endorsement there, but That's I'm clearly not. I don't get any extra rolls, I promise. <laughs> but, but, you know, I love 
love that product, but I buy it in the box and I'm still trying to work out exactly how long that box is going to take before I need another box. So if Give a Crap rang me up the next week and said, thanks so much for... Um, Thank you, know, thank you so much for buying. Would you like another box? Well, then that's clearly absolutely ridiculous because I, there's no way I'd be getting through the box the next week. And like with uh, all of your customers, you should have a bit of an idea. Like, are these customers a once a year type people? For example, in the speaking business that you and I are in, um, Warwick, you know, it, we know that they're not going to have conferences necessarily once a month so we might sort of contact them maybe in six months or whenever and say hey you know would you like me to speak again at your at your uh the, your upcoming conference so i think it is actually doing it in a sort of you could just ring someone and just check in and say look i was just checking in to see is there anything that we can do for you you know this is just a courtesy call it might be sending out an email and just saying to people hey easter's coming up or christmas is coming up or whatever holidays are coming up um, just so that you know we're going to be closed for a couple of days. If there's anything you need before then, please get in touch with us. It can be – you can turn it around to be a customer service. Okay. And, and do you do that – like I know a lot of people will send Christmas cards or postcards or little trinkets in the mail or phone calls or emails. Or Is there – from your experience, do people get better results with different modalities of these kind of messages? It all depends on – again they're customers but if I had to and I know you'd like me to if I had to say something it's and it really does come down to the things that take an effort less people are likely to do the things that are easy to do particularly the automated stuff everyone's doing so if you want to stand out and if you're trying to reach someone and you're trying to stand out then by putting a little tiny bit more of an effort or doing something a little bit differently you will stand out and they will take notes so i do think that snail mail is you know it's making a huge comeback which is fantastic the snails are so happy they're back in jobs but you know it's a case of um it, I think, you know, but, but if you always did that or if other people started doing that and then you're disappearing, you might need to try something else. But okay. I, I always think my, my rules are do the free stuff first. So snail mail is actually, you know, it's getting more and more expensive. So you might even start off with a phone call. It takes effort. But it's still, you know, usually within your phone plan, it's not going to cost you anything. Mm. And it's personal and you cut right through. And it's about building, you know, relationships. And if you're worried about sort of saying something in a tacky way, asking someone for business in a tacky way, then you need to do so in a way where you can gauge what's going on. And certainly over the telephone, you can have a chat first and then sort of ask. And then if they you sort of feel like, oh, that was a bit harsh, you could say, oh, was I being a bit forward or something? And you can start the conversation. Yeah, okay. Um, and just as a side note, um, recently uh, I organised an event which you spoke at and I really loved the card that you sent me and I loved it for multiple reasons. It's uh, a very simple, generic thank you card with your logo on the front and your colour and on the back it had about six things you could tick the box for saying thank you for. Um, <laughs> and I think th th this was just, a, I think it was like general thank you. And then you hand wrote like, you know, five or six words, so not a great deal. It wasn't like it took you hours to fill it. And I loved that because it was like a thank you and a systemization and a personalization and it stood out from just a standard uh, email or Facebook post that everyone else did because no one else sent that kind of thank you. So, it, it, and as you say, it might have cost a dollar for the stamp, maybe a dollar for the envelope and a dollar for the card. So, you're looking at two or three, about less than a coffee 
And for me, as a when you know, like an an event organizer, I'll know you really appreciated that you stood out more than anyone else because no one else did that. So those kind of things do stand out. They're pretty. They're, and it's and as you say, it's not rocket science. It's not some whiz bang you butte. It's a postcard. Yep, exactly. And thank you for that. Um, and it, it, it is one of those things that I, I had to make it easy because I knew if it was got too hard or if I had to constantly craft a message, you know, we don't do it. So it, yeah. it, it, that's the thing. Whatever you do in your marketing, you've got to make sure you can do it. And yeah. this happens with everything and particularly social media, as you mentioned before. Sometimes we know all these wonderful things that we can do, but we never get around to doing them. So, you know, we're better off simplifying and just doing what we know we can do. And so for businesses, when I'm helping them decide what's the right marketing for them, if it involves them, if it's not just being outsourced, if it actually involves some, some part of them, it's got to be something they like. Because if it's not something they like, they're never, ever, ever going to do it. Um, now, I just happen to be quite organised with, you know, I'm a bit old school. I do like a bit of mail. I was, you know, I, I prided myself on being a great pen pal back in the, I won't even say what era because it makes me sound 300, but, you know, it's it's one of those things. I quite like that and I love receiving mail and I'm still a dag who, if I hear them, you know, a little motorbike going past, I'll run out and go, ooh, is there any mail today? <laughs> so it actually works for me. It, it sits well with me, you right. know, so that's why. You know, I chose, I mean, obviously I chose, choose that as one of the things that I do, but I think that's what's really important with business is, you know, take, take on board the personality of who you are and what you like. Mm. You know, if you don't like people or socialising, then don't go and network. You know, it's not going to work for you. You're going to be the awkward one sweating in the corner that no one's going to speak to. So just don't do it. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, one of the other things you talked about was referrals. Uh, and I'm really interested in, uh, in the other approach that you might have for referrals because, again, it's like how do you politely ask for referrals without being desperate? And, again, the timing's important. You want to make sure you've delivered your product or service so that they've experienced it before you say, hey, do you know anyone else who wants this? So how, how do you advise your clients to go about getting referrals? Is there a setup for it or, or what sort of process do you follow? Well, I'm going to be honest and say I don't have a process. There probably should be a process, um, but because and, you know, this is really marketer kind of stripped bare here. Um, I actually do find asking for referrals extremely difficult. I know many of my clients do. I think... Um, I think it's really tricky, you know, because you you don't. I, I feel like, yeah, I don't want to be pushy, like mm. like everyone out there. So what I tend to do is I always do the rule of give to get. So if I can give someone a referral first, and then I might ask them for a referral back, but I always try and give first. Um, I personally am involved in a referral network, which is where the whole job of the network, and we meet every second week, is to generate referrals for each other. So that makes it, you know, that makes it a lot easier because if you like, that is a, well, there we go. Hang on, I do have a system. So the system would be join a referral network and make that happen. But the other thing too is always about, you know, I, I, I feel more comfortable when I give first and then ask. And just to, um, it was very interesting, a, uh, and just in conversation at the event that you, oper that you, you organised, 
there was someone and we were just having a chat and they offered to help me out with something and then and then they came back to me and said hey by the way if you've got any you know suggestions for how I might be able to get a speaking gig in Melbourne or whatever else could you let me know now immediately they've already given to me I'm feeling like wow thank you for that sure and I immediately just went yep here you go this is what you know this is someone I think you should talk to so I think if you're uncomfortable with referrals, then always give first and then you feel slightly more comfortable with with asking. But the other thing too is that when someone said, and it's in the conversation, just be mindful that if someone's saying, that was fantastic, that was really great, gee, we got so much out of that or whatever, or I love your product, then you 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 could gently sort of say, well, look, if you know other people always looking for referrals or would love to help your customers, you know, um, that, that's certainly one thing. But with some of the other customers that I work with, we usually do have, um, the system is that if anyone does refer, they get rewarded so that they will always, um, you know, they, they know that they've been thanked and we're hoping to encourage more of that behaviour. Right. So uh, f- from your point of view, um, knowing that there is no one size fits all and, and marketing is different for every industry and target and et cetera, et cetera. What have you found with, you know, I know I've got some listeners that are in that more rural area and that's a focus for you. Is it different versus, you know, doing business in big city where everyone's strangers and it's all fast, go, 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 go versus the more rural country towns where everyone sort of knows everyone and if they don't, there are only one or two people removed. Is there a difference in approach there? Oh, look, absolutely. In regional areas, I'm spending so much time trying to get these brilliant businesses to just blow their trumpet a little bit more. Mm. I mean, I'm just talking, like, just have a little toot. I'm not even talking, you know, full-blown car horn. And uh, for them, it's extremely extremely uncomfortable so I feel like they're just you know because they don't want to be seen as um, you know the tool or you know blowing their you know not so much blowing their own trumpet but I think they're worried about tall poppies so yeah, yeah, yeah. for me the first thing that we that needs to happen in regional areas is for them to actually you know objectively pull out their benefits and features and, and why people should do business with them and they're not they're a little bit reluctant to do that but we're working on that and that's a real <laughs> that's a real cultural thing for Australian business, but then even more so in those smaller populated areas because people will know you or know of you and already have an opinion. And so people are uh, are wary of being judged as not meeting up to what they're trying to project, yeah? Absolutely. And look, I mean, you cannot underestimate the pros and cons of anonymity, which you get in the city. So many businesses, you know, they can burn a few customers, like by making mistakes or doing, being a bit of a tool or whatever. And that's okay, because there'll be others, they may never bump into that customer again, Mm. you know, and that is the reality in the city. Um, Whereas in regional areas, no, you have to live with these people, you have to, you know, they're part of your community, you never know. No, like we have, you know, six degrees of separation sort of always surprises us in the city, whereas in regional areas, it's like, you know, it's like 60 degrees, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's one of the, one of the challenges. Mm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, so I think because of the known, the, and, and then they, there's also an assumption, oh, they know I'm here. So, that, and, whereas in the city, people don't assume that people know that they're right. there. Uh, do you also find that um, if you've got businesses who do multiple things, they'll think, oh, everyone knows I do all this when they might actually just be known for one thing? 
Absolutely, yeah. And, and often in regional areas, just because uh, there might be, well, there's an opportunity to have a full range of services. Like in the cities, we often really niche mm. and it makes sense because, you know, there's a big population and, we're, and if we're specialist in what we do, then that's a, that's a good thing. Whereas in the country, it's sort of like, well, sometimes the services are just not available. So someone needs to pick up and, and do, and, you know, so if I was doing marketing consulting in, in regional areas, I probably would just do everything, you know, <laughs> rather than super specialised, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, because there's not there's not a lot of people who are doing who like there's not a lot of professional services available, for yeah. example. So, so is, you might have lawyers. Oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, you were saying you might have lawyers. Yeah, you might have lawyers in regional areas who actually specialise in a whole range of things, um, whereas in the city you might just have, you know, commercial lawyers and they just focus on that. Other people might just focus on real estate, whereas you have to be a bit more of a generalist mm. in regional areas and that's why sometimes even retailers, there might be some weird combinations, but it's sort of like, well, you know, people are wanting that and we've got a shop and no one else is selling it, so we're going to sort of sell shoes and coffee. Yeah. So how do you... How do you do that? How do you say if you are known for, let's say, coffee, but you also have a great range of shoes and also do raincoats, how do you then get that message across? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is a really big challenge. And I think it, the main thing that I always look at, and this is all part of branding, which is looking at not only what you do, but it might be the way that you do it. That's, that's actually uh, might be the thread that pulls it all together. But for me, it is so important uh, in, to, in order to be efficient with your marketing and have a very distilled message going out to the market that you find a common thread um, through the different products that they, you know, that they serving so let's say it's coffee raincoats and what was the other one we said shoes. coffee raincoats and shoes yep. right okay so let's sort of make it might be then well you know is it middle of the range shoes or is it high-end shoes or is it cheap shoes you know so what i'd be hoping is let's say they've got cheap shoes and it's cheap shoes cheap raincoats and cheap coffee you know it's sort of like we're cheap um and at least that's a, a clear message across but if they had yep. like the best kind of you know raincoats i mean you could sort of say okay well you know we save money where it, ca it counts and spend it where it counts or something you know you would have to try and make sense of the product offering and yep. sometimes that can be incredibly challenging right and that would be the same for even uh, 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 more urban based businesses where you do have two or three different service offering offerings and one of your clients just knows you for the one thing that you've done uh, without understanding that you do other things so there is that value in making sure people know everything that you do Oh, look, absolutely. And, and that's why if they, and a lot of people will tend to brand their products and it makes it very, very tricky because instead of just branding the company with these services, you end up uh, sort of having like having to spend triple on your marketing because you're marketing this product or this service or this service, whereas you're better off sort of choosing your products and services so that they actually make sense for your company. And I mean, that's part of marketing too. People always see marketing as being just promotion, getting the word out, but, but marketing strategy is really the science behind all of this. And that would be part of your product strategy. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about uh, AP Marketing Works and your business. Uh, I'm not going to ask you how you market your business because um, it's like, <laughs> like the, uh, the, I'm assuming, you know, market the, we could get into there. the cobbler's <laughs> shoes, you know, issue. But uh, what I do want to know is like you've been in business for quite some time now and you've done a whole lot of different stuff and you've been through different evolutions. 
What are, what are two or three things that you wish you'd known earlier? Okay. I wish, well, oh, what would I say? I probably would have spent more on branding if I, I, I you know, I'd sort of, I did initially when I first started and it was one of the biggest gifts that I, you know, business gifts that I got. But I then rested on my laurels and I probably wish I'd done a little bit more of that. I think um, because I've been in business 18 years, sometimes I wish I'd just started five years ago because, you know, having to go through all the technology changes and, 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 and business disruption over and over and over again in my industry, it's meant that, uh, you know, I have enormous experience in the trenches of all of this change, which is so helpful for my customers. But it's been really tough, along with many other businesses who have been going for more than 10 years, because, you know, we got, we were sort of spending money in, in areas that, you know, like on accounting software for example <laughs> that we now don't need to and and there's all these things that we invested in that we just go we have to just throw out you know um and i think that was always really tricky and and i think when you've sort of been around the block and you've spent big dollars on websites or whatever else you're very reluctant to go and invest again in those same areas because you think i've already invested why can't this last a little bit longer but i think for me my big lesson would be you know just probably get on technology a little bit earlier, embrace everything that it has to offer, do that a little bit earlier and put aside more money for your marketing, which is pretty hilarious because I want people to have money for me and yet I probably didn't really invest in in my marketing as much as I I. I could have. And I guess now, you know, you sort of look and you go, yeah, I, I sort of see that it brings results <laughs> as I should because, you know, but it is sort of one of those things that sometimes we are particularly reluctant to spend um, when we feel that we have those skills, you know, we sort of go, no, no, I'll get around to it. Well, no, you are right. Don't look at my marketing shoes because, you know, it, it is plumber's syndrome. My taps are dripping, um, except this year it's going to all turn around. So watch this space. Well, that's a good. That's a good question. What's what does the future hold for AP Marketing Works? Oh, so much, Warwick. It's very exciting because I am turning eighteen this year. Excellent. I feel like it's time to grow up, and um, you know, and so I'm going to do some 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 big girl stuff. Um, and I think part of it is really getting very strategic, acknowledging business disruption in my industry, and going to be looking more. To to delivering, um, like I've got so much knowledge, I need to really get that out. I mean, you know, no one says, oh, you don't know anything, you're rubbish. Mm -hmm. That's not it at all. It's a case of they want more of it, they want it in affordable packages, they want it in the way that, that works for them and a lot of that's online. So I now, and this is hard because, you know, I'm a creative, so I love, you know, just going in and, and, and working on specific problems and not having a system and all of those things that you're supposed to have in business. Um, but I've got enough energy to do that. But I think moving forward, I really need to start getting a little bit more, a little bit more streamlined, a little bit more uh, process driven and, and then actually provide and get my knowledge out there to more businesses. Fantastic. Elsa, thank you so much for your time today. If anyone wants to get in touch with you and get some help with their marketing or find out more about what you offer, what's the best way to get in touch? Probably to go to my website, www.apmarketingworks.com.au. Um, have a little look around. 
you know, pull down some free stuff. But then, you know, send me a, send me a message on email is probably the best way, I, I think. That way, you know, it's there in front of me. That's as good a system as I have at yep. the moment. But no, that, that would be it. And I'd love to hear from people. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Better go off and do some piano practice now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary, your host. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can get more success. 